My name is Jeff Lerner, and I interview elite performers from a wide range of disciplines, entrepreneurs, athletes, celebrities, scientists, artists, and more. This is Unlock Your Potential. Welcome everyone to another episode of Unlock Your Potential. Jeff Lerner, your host, always so excited to be back with you, having amazing conversations with amazing human beings. And I know I act excited every episode. It's not like I'm ever like, well, today we couldn't find someone too amazing, but we'll settle. No, it's like always amazing, right? So my 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 histrionics are are sort of like eye rolling at this point. But that said, this guy I'm extra excited about. Uh, Mark Washington is a seasoned health and wellness executive and the founder and CEO of truly one of my favorite companies, Supergut, an emerging gut health nutrition brand. He has dedicated his career to helping people lead healthier lives. I feel like I feel like this is this is veering infomercially, Mark. So I might have to pull it back. Like I, I wasn't paid to say any of this. I just genuinely love your product. But uh, welcome, Mark. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Jeff. I really, really appreciate the, the kind words. Yeah, no, I'm, I am glad you're here. And as I was sharing with you before we started, I, I truly am a, a fan and a, and a consumer. I'm going to hold up the evidence of that. I just grabbed this out of my pantry this morning. I have here my uh, super gut add to anything fiber mix that I do often mix with my protein shakes. That's great. I have here my super guts uh, prebiotic bar. This is the chocolate one. There's also a peanut butter one. I, I probably eat one of these a day. Awesome. Um, me too. What, There's also, which I, I said me too. There's also a strawberry one too. <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm missing out. Apparently I'm, I'm like there a chocoholic, man. You there get me with anything go. with chocolate, but I will say, I long ago had a nutritionist basically swear me off bars of any sort. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I have noticed it, it. This is kind of esoteric maybe, but I have noticed a movement in the bar industry to like re-naturalize bars. There's bars now that have like peanut butter as the base or dates as the base. Mm -hmm. And it's not just like 19 chemicals you can't pronounce and stuff. But basically this yeah. was the first bar product that I went back to as a staple after having sworn off all bars for like 20 years. And yeah. then I also have like the, you know, the OG, this seems like it would be like your OG product, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the shake itself. So I'm stocked up, Mark. Awesome. I have so much, so many questions and I just would love to get right into the story. Why don't you just, cause I did a bunch of research. Somebody mm -hmm. sent me a super gut link and I like, I went deep. Maybe you could give like the 60 second commercial of what this is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think you hit it at, at the high level that Supergut is a gut health nutrition brand, right? Um, but we take a, a pretty different approach to nutrition and frankly to, to gut health. We focus on prebiotic-based superfoods that feed your gut, right? And that's what prebiotics are, like literally the food, the nutrients that the bugs in your gut, the good bugs that they need to keep you healthy, right? And so that starts a good digestion, good gut health regularity, but it actually extends beyond that. Like one of the biggest benefits beyond gut health is actually appetite control and satiation. You can probably vouch for this, like, you know, the products actually keep you really full, like a lot longer that helps kind of avoid unhealthy habits and cravings and snacking and so forth. But they also stabilize your blood sugar and they help improve energy and mood and even sleep. We've seen so many different effects of what we've done because the gut really is the foundation for better health. We've actually done a clinical study on, on the products to show just how much they work. But you know, the science is great and the function is great, but I, I really believe in the power of food like to heal. 
And so, um, but in order to do that, it also has to taste great, right? I mean, people want to enjoy their food. And so uh, we make the three different products like you showed, shakes and bars and a, a prebiotic, you know, powder supplement. And we're really focused on making them great tasting so that people can actually make a habit out of them and continue to use them again, because that's the only way that you're actually going to get those, you know, great health benefits that I talked about is if it's something that you, you know, regularly consume as part of your diet. So that's the thing that we do with Super Gut. Those gut health superfoods are incredibly functional, but that also uh, we believe most people agree at the set that really tastes great as well. Yeah, my my business partner is actually the one that sent me the link. And it's uh, it's been probably at least two years. And him and I both uh, consume your product on a daily basis still awesome. two years later. So, awesome. and there are not, and I've tried, I mean, like I'm kind of a biohacker dilettante, mm -hmm. you know, I'm a, and, and a sucker, right? Like I'll try just about <laughs> anything. Um, I should show you my, uh, it's in my car, but I have like, I carry a baggie of vitamins and supplements around with me that I take throughout the day. Yeah. But most things I don't stick with stuff like right. this. I, I rarely stick with because right. you yeah. just sort of, you sort of drift, but this one is, has has caught in my life and and my partners too because it like you said it actually is like you it doesn't feel like you're you're having to suffer through something that's, that's good exactly for you it. that's exactly it. like literally what you just described was part of the ethos for why i created this and how like so thank you very much for for reinforcing <laughs> that because that is incredibly intentional and in how we've gone about oh. the business and the products so you talked about why you created it and how a, a huge part of our audience is in the early stages of an entrepreneurial pivot in their life, a lot of people come from my, my platform, Entra. And so there's a lot of people that love hearing stories of entrepreneurs getting from zero to one or zero to 10 or zero to super gut. Um, and so I wonder if, yeah, you could share, like, like how did you veer into this? And, and I will say, I'm also just going to leave this here. So at some point in the next 51 minutes and change or whatever we have, if you could help me understand the difference between prebiotics, probiotics, and postbiotics in Absolutely. like simple enough terms that it'll Absolutely. stick in my mind. Absolutely. But first, I, I, sorry to ask two questions at once, but first <laughs> let's, let's hear the Mark Washington super gut story. Got it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, so I founded this company about four years ago. Um, and so there's, there's two interesting aspects. One is I'm actually new to entrepreneurship, like to being an entrepreneur, like this is the first venture that I have started. Uh, especially, you know, from from scratch. However, you know, I'm a bit late to the game as an entrepreneur, like you'd call it the second or third chapter of my career, because I've actually been an executive right throughout my career. Um, but always in this space of health and wellness and all things better for you. It's, it's what gets me going in the morning. Like I, you know, very much, you know, could call myself a health optimizer myself, trying all sorts of new things, try to keep myself fit both physically and nutrition, et cetera. And I really found my calling when, you know, patterning my career in this path and that, you know, helping other people lead healthier lives is my North Star. And so I've been fortunate to chart my career in this space or everything from food and beverage to supplements to fitness and wellness, as well as all been uh, a part of the mix for, for me. But up until now, it's all been in executive roles. And so um, I'd say I cut my teeth early on at a business called The Wonderful Company. Uh, so mm. it's about a $5 billion uh, privately held healthy food and beverage company. So they own a lot of healthy food and beverage, you know, agricultural products. So they own uh, Fiji Water. Uh, they own Palm Wonderful. Uh, they also are big in almonds and pistachios and citrus fruit uh, as well. Uh, and so that's where I really cut my teeth in general management and served a bunch of different roles for, for them over time. 
Um, but from there, I went to Beachbody, which is mostly known, at least historically, for at-home fitness. Uh, so a lot of popular uh, programs that you would have heard of, like P90X and Sanity and T25, et cetera. Uh, but what we really scaled the business on, and I joined as the president, chief operating officer, uh, was in nutrition, a superfood health shake right, called Shakeology. Because uh, we know that you know, fitness is so important to an overall health. But at the end of the day, nutrition plays an even bigger role in sort of the outcome of your personal health. And we you know, saw that and, and actually really scaled uh, that business uh, largely in nutrition. But obviously combining nutrition with the, with the fitness programs as well. Um, from there, I actually uh, ran a supplement company called Irwin Naturals. So more maybe some of the, the pills that you have in your little baggie, like they focus on uh, herbal-based soft gel pills um, before deciding to start this. And so one of the things that the common threads in my experiences was, you know, although I wasn't the entrepreneur, I was an executive, I was partnering, I was essentially like the right hand to the entrepreneur, um, but seeing them like already at scale um, and helping them scale the business further. Um, and so I got a front row seat, right, to see some really successful entrepreneurs at that stage, right, in their lives, in their career, and how they went about doing that, both creating product, building teams, um, and connecting with people to create healthier habits, as well as specifics of the business model of, you know, online versus retail, subscription-oriented, et cetera. And so I, took, I was taking notes the entire time. I didn't necessarily know that my path was to become an entrepreneur because I got pretty good, right, at being the right hand. And mm -hmm. I, I really enjoyed it and I thought that was it. But there was a fire building in me. Like, and it was like, uh, at some point, I feel like it's going to be my turn to take a, take a shot. So it definitely was building in me. I would say a big part of what um, caused me to take the leap, I, I generally describe it as a head meets heart moment. The head part was all the notes, every, all the learnings that I had built over time, wanting to put that to use. And, and also feeling like there was both a need and an opportunity, business opportunity, to create a differentiated business, right? That could build on those experiences, but that could affect people in a more significant way, right? And so knew that there was a business need and I felt like I had the skills from the experience to do it, um, but why me and why now and why start this? That was really more the heart, right? And so a big part of my my drive was something that could have more impact. Um, you know, I love better for you products, uh, but despite all the advances in nutrition and technology and healthcare, we're, you know, less healthy than ever right, as a society. And and a big part of my motivation for wanting to do something about it was actually, it goes back to a personal story. It's actually my little sister, Monica, who struggled with her health, uh, with her weight, with uh, her blood sugar, blood pressure, um, and before passing away far too young, uh, which which really shook me to my core. And that you know, honestly motivated me to do something about it. And it's a big part of why I decided to start this company from scratch. I felt like it's my purpose here is to make a difference and uh, to create, you know, a, a business that could have some impact, but, uh, you know, on, on public health, but do it in an accessible, approachable way through food that tastes good, right? And that was a big part of my motivation to, uh, to turn that inspiration into a positive uh, and honoring my sister's legacy by helping so many other people with products that I think Monica would have loved and frankly could have, you know, changed her trajectory as well. And so that I think is what got me to really tap into that entrepreneurial bug that had been inside me to scratch that itch that had, you know, been building up over time and to throw my hat in the ring, even at this later stage in my career and start this uh, 
take this crazy idea and start this business brand new from from scratch. And that was about four years ago. So you you don't you you probably don't know anything of, of what I'm about to say, but I let me just start by saying thank you because you have so beautifully and, and I'm actually going to ask some questions to pressure test this statement, but from here it appears you are beautifully demonstrating my entire uh methodology around entrepreneurship and and just as a little bit of context well actually let me ask the questions then i'll get the context okay then we'll then we'll connect all the dots all right Uh, so at the time that you decided to become an entrepreneur take the leap as you put it uh Mm -hmm. you obviously professionally you were successful and you were probably financially reasonably stable mm-hmm. you were um you were well informed you felt like you were positioned to go you know you had you had gotten the knowledge to do the things that you wanted yes. to do entrepreneurially uh physically you seem like a guy that takes care of yourself obviously health is a pa- has been a lifelong passion or a, at least For an sure. adult lifelong passion so is it true to say that you were like physically in a good healthy place operating with a stable, consistent routine for the maintenance of health. 100%. Like, and it, it was, and that's not just surface, like it literally defines a big part of who I am. Okay. <laughs> it's maintain okay. stable health, those, you know, physically, obviously, but, you know, mentally, you know. Yeah, overall, mind, body, style. and soul, the whole Mind, accident. body, soul, 100%. Yeah. So I absolutely uh, is at that place when deciding to make that, that leap. Okay. And then can I ask a little bit about your personal life? What was your personal life and your relationships like at the time you decided to make this leap? Yeah, yeah. So that's also a big part of who I am and uh, uh, what I value um, are relationships broadly. And I'd say specifically my my family, my beautiful wife. We have three kids as well. And they've always been the main priority, regardless of how successful I am, how busy I am at the end of the day, the most important things my life have always been my wife and my three kids. And um, and so you can imagine when I'm even thinking of making such a huge leap, uh, you know, in my career and life, the one thing that's become was clear, and I'd say it's become even more clear, is that that's not a solo journey. Like if you have family, friends, close ones around you, it's a collective effort, right? Because everybody's in. <laughs> and that's very, very apparent, especially now that now that I'm in it. And so I obviously, as soon as I started having the same thing, I discussed it at de- in depth with my wife. Um, and, you know, the first reaction was say, what? Like, are you serious? Are you crazy? Like, we do have a great life. Like, you know, you're well paid and we're comfortable and you're really good at what you do. Are you sure that you want to really go all the way back? Right. And so, uh, but we had the very open and frank conversation. And, you know, after, I guess, looking into my eyes, she knew that this was the, this was the thing. Like I was, you know, once serious, but that also that this was important, right. For me and, you know, a big part of why I was here. And frankly, she actually helped me connect with my wife because at first i was like i don't know what it is that's called and it was literally through conversation with my wife she was like you know that's monica talking to you um and so she helped connect me with my wife and you know while although the first reaction was like you know are you serious and crazy you know she was absolutely 100 supportive and on board and that was a huge part of um giving me license and feeling good about going headfirst into into this venture so Wonderful. Thank you. Not that, not that there was a pass fail grading, but like 
thank you for passing because again, you're valid- right. okay. you're, yeah, you're, you're validating my, my thesis here. So let me explain just very briefly the mechanism that sort of like the fundamental mechanism that Entra teaches my education platform. And that is like, I've, I've anchored my whole life to as like, I'm here to evangelize this, this for people. And it's it's a methodology we call we built around what we call four P's. There's the three P's and the fourth P. And what we and the three P's are physical, personal, and professional, mm-hmm. uh, which are the were the the orientation of those questions. And the fourth P is purpose. Mm. And you know, so I have thousands of people, and you look at the world today, and you have thousands of people that are let's call it discontent, unfulfilled, you know, constrained in terms of their options or whatever. And they're looking for a better way. And what we say is, okay, entrepreneurship is likely that better way. Like in terms of the the freedom you want, the self-determination, but ultimately like you described, and this is why I love it. It's not like you struck out because you're like, oh, I think I can make more money doing that. You said, I think I can have more impact doing that. That ultimately the life of impact that leads to the fulfillment that people want, which by the way, the word fulfillment comes from the old English word for destiny or prophecy. Meaning, I don't think you'll be fulfilled unless you're doing what you were destined or prophesied to do in my lexicon, i.e. by your creator, but by whatever universal source yeah. you want to attribute that to. Yeah. But but for that to be to be ready for that, there these things have to line up. First of all, so it's like on if you're if you're feeling this call or or this pull or this push, maybe because you're dissatisfied with what mm-hmm. you're currently in, instead of just jumping in, actually look at your life physically, personally, and professionally, and get those pieces in really good working order. Because once you have a stable foundation of, of well-managed physical health, mind, body, and soul, mm-hmm. you have a well, you have well-managed personal relationships in your life that are reciprocal and have clean communication and they're not toxic and they're not draining your energy or, or creating distraction or, or lost, you know, squandering of, of emotional and energetic capital. And you have a professional life that is at least financially like it's at a stable baseline. Mm -hmm. Well, because entrepreneurship has so much to do with your professional life, but basically really it's physical and personal, like get those houses in order. And once you have that stability, then there's this pro and the, we teach it for you. It was a conversation with your wife to understand that it was the legacy of your sister whispering in your in your in your soul mm-hmm. we actually take them through a process to actually go back through their life journey and figure out the thread that is orienting them toward their purpose because mm-hmm. i happen to believe that you know whatever created us always gives us the seeds of our purpose through our life experience yeah then you're ready then yeah. you're ready to go crush it as an entrepreneur because you can orient towards something that isn't just monetary but it's it's purpose based and you're doing it from a stable foundation of the physical, personal, and professional, uh, you know, platform that you're going to push off of. Yeah. And that is like what we teach people. And you literally just, ba- you see where I was connecting the dots. Yeah, you basically absolutely. just told that story. Jeff, I, I love that so much. Um, I love the framework that you have created around this. I would say I didn't enter in with a framework, but that speaks to me, uh, speaks to me deeply because it actually, like you said, it it actually matches, uh, I guess, I guess what it, what ended up being my framework for how I thought about this. And I think having that rubric is so important because anybody can go out and start anything, any day, the odds of success are very, very small. 
right? I think the framework that what you've laid out are things that tilt the odds of success in your favor, right? And my success, I'm not just, again, not just defining it by monetary, but by fulfillment and by, you know, having energy and being, you know, personally fulfilled, like it tilts those in your favor because this is a really, really hard thing. Right? And so having those elements that you describe, I think really, you know, start to give you some advantage in this very challenging pathway that's called entrepreneurship. So that resonates with me profoundly. Um, I'm, um, I'm- can I ask a, can I ask a follow-up question? Yeah, yeah, please. Are you more, are, are you happier now than you were five years ago? I am happier. And it's, but it's, it's fascinating. I have been more fulfilled than I've ever been in my life since starting this journey. Mm -hmm. Now I've also realized I keep it real. I've also been, I am more stressed than I've also yeah. ever been. Yeah. That, my, my next question was going to be it's fascinating to have both of those, you know, during the same period. But, but yes, I absolutely am, am happier. More my, my next question was going to be, are you richer now than you were five years ago? Absolutely not. Like, <laughs> like financially, oh, right. no. like there's, there's significant, significant. Trade so, right. so uh, I say that, I say that to illustrate what I, what I, what I believe deeply, which is that there is no amount of professional success, financial coupled with, you know, you look at Maslow's hierarchy, right? You get up to that fourth level and it's about esteem, right? And I mean, you were obviously an esteemed person. COO Beachbody, right? I think you said like yeah. you're not you were not lacking for people telling you that you're doing a good job, and yeah. you know I, I even for people envying you probably, but there's just no amount of that that is a replacement for really understanding what your purpose is and why you're on this earth. That. I agree with that, and that's why you're happier now, even though you're more stressed out and have less money. Right? Yes, I mean one hundred percent. Yeah, it, yeah, and, and, and I I calculate life. I I really only ask myself one question. Am I going to, you know, how much regret am I going to have when I die? It's hmm. the only, I, I have, I have tried to um, uh, create a discipline in my life that simply asks that one question. And so by that lens, do you feel that now having ventured into a purpose driven, you know, commercial cause, mm -hmm. you will have, you will have less regret on your deathbed? I absolutely do believe so. I okay. do. I do. Thank you. The dream is, the dream is yet fulfilled. But I am absolute 100% confident that 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 is the case. Okay, thank you again. We we can conclude this segment of using Mark <laughs> as a case study for my entire worldview. Thank you, beautifully, beautifully represented. Have we lined um, up there? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know that would have been really hard for me if you were like, well, actually, uh, I was going through a custody battle, and I, it's all about know, the money, right? Yeah, <laughs> and I just try to get filthy rich. <laughs> um, okay. Um, Yes. Okay. Beautiful. I, I hope that the audience hears that and sees it, how, how, how wonderfully that's laid out. I mean, I have seen this process with hundreds and hundreds, really thousands and thousands of people at, at this mm -hmm. point. So, yeah. okay. Now let's get into uh, your, or back into the, the passion and the specifics here. Um, so you had this calling based on your sister, mm -hmm. take on gut health and, 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 you know, I mean, we, I'm sure you and I align gut health is one of the great untapped frontiers of human health. Mm -hmm. 100%. And it's so, a big part of why orienting is coming yeah. in that direction. I would say, even though I was deep in the space of health and wellness, I didn't have a full picture as just how true that that statement was, right? I was like, yeah, we had 
probiotics and the shakes and yeah, it's important and do you want to poop regularly? No, I get it. But I literally, it, until really diving into the research, I didn't know just how yeah. foundational gut health is for overall health. Like, Can you enroll us a little deeper into that? Like yeah, talk about the yeah. mechanism, how the gut really is the seat of the, even the mind itself and like 100%. just get a, get everybody on that same page. Yeah, absolutely. And so it comes down to it. Well, first what your gut, we're literally talking about your digestive system and in particular your large intestine. And it is home to what's called the gut microbiome. And it is this unbelievably complex collection of microorganisms, like literally trillions of them, largely bacteria uh, that reside in your gut. And these little things have an outsized role in keeping us healthy and, and frankly, uh, preventing disease. And uh, when I say healthy, it's you know physically, it's digestion, but it's all aspects of health, which is kind of hard to believe, but we know this now. Um, because of breakthroughs in technology, like our ability to profile and, you know, analyze what's happening in your gut and to be able to see, and with, through lots of research and clinical trials now, to be able to see these correlations and causation between what's happening in your gut relative to what's happening in many different dimensions of health. And, and so what used to be thought of is that, you know, your gut was, was important for digestion, obviously, um, which is absolutely true, but that's like first base, right? What we know now is like second base, third base, right? I mean, that you know, these systems that it taps into and that actually has a role in modulating uh, have a, a significant impact on things beyond digestion. So it includes your metabolic health. So the way that you process food and control your appetite and therefore manage weight, the way your, your insulin response, and so therefore your blood sugar levels, your cardiovascular health, you know, cholesterol, blood pressure. Um, it also connects to, you know, it's really fascinating many different aspects of your mental health. There's actually a bi-directional uh, communication that happens between your brain and what's happening in your gut, right? And those microbes, and there's literally uh, neurotransmitters kind of going back and forth that the health of your digestive tract impacts your mental health, right? So things like sleep and mood and mental clarity and energy, but also vice versa. It is literally bi-directional, like your mental state uh, has a significant impact on the health of your digestive tract. And so I've actually, many might experience this. I know I've experienced this. Like when I was one of the most stressed, like I had a lot of things going on and there were specific things that were really stressing me out is also the period where I had the most significant what, digestive discomfort and disorder uh, in my life, right? And so I literally have felt it and seen it firsthand, but there's actually, you know, um, you know, a good rationale uh, explanation for it. And that really is the, you know, the gut microbiome and this gut brain axis. And so these are all just some examples that show like just all the different various ways that the gut and what's happening in the health of your gut has just this outsized role in overall health. And so now the question is, what do you do about it, right? And how do you orient yourself in a way that can give you a solid platform for gut health and therefore overall health? And that's where, you know, super good, you know, comes in. So, okay. So let's say, so let's, let's actually follow that keep keep going with that right so you decide to take on gut health you know you've obviously honed in on a specific uh, like you said the prebiotics yeah and most most people are much more familiar with the term probiotics yeah, i think your prebiotics that's so true. you are you honed in there like can you talk us through your your discovery and decision process around how to orient this company why you've taken on taken it on in the way that you have and yeah yeah what you think makes that different 
Yeah, absolutely. And I'll, and I'll actually tie it back to the question that you raised earlier is just definitional. So I think that that provides some helpful context, just in layman terms, what are prebiotics, pro, probiotics, and, and even postbiotics. So most people that think about gut health are familiar with probiotics, or at least that's what's talked about the most. And what probiotics are, are tended to be live bacteria that you're adding into your gut microbiome. Like they're supposed, they need to be alive, one, right, for them to be effective. And for them to be effective, they also have to survive digestion, right, which is a harsh process to actually make it into your gut, right, to add to the trillions of microbes that you already have there. So the idea is like adding more good bugs. That's what probiotics are supposed to do. And you get them, you know, through supplements, through pills, powders. Um, but uh, frankly, uh, large part, the most effective way to actually get probiotics in it is actually through diet, right, through fermented foods, like kimchi and kefir and sauerkraut, things of that nature that actually have been shown clinically to be more consistently effective at adding to the colony of good bugs in your gut relative to most probiotic supplements. A lot of them aren't really doing a whole lot because a lot of them don't actually survive digestion. But that's the idea of a probiotic. It's supposed to be good bugs adding more to your gut. Now, prebiotics, on the other hand, so think of prebiotics as the food for the good bugs in your gut. It's literally what they need to thrive, multiply, and survive, and produce really important byproducts that are you know responsible for keeping you healthy. So think of like prebiotics as like the fertilizer for your garden, right? You gotta feed it in order for uh, it to operate the way that it's supposed to. And prebiotics are largely found in high fiber plant foods. So a lot of vegetables, leafy greens, you know, fruits have have, have fiber, uh, legumes, beans, whole grains, like different uh, high fiber foods. Not all of them have a lot of uh, have prebiotics, but that's where most prebiotics are found. And so think of that as the food for the good bugs. So in other words, the probiotics, they actually need prebiotics to do their job, right? If they're starved and they're, they really can't do their job. And here's the key, and this is a big part of why we focus on the prebiotics. It is all, literally almost none of us get enough prebiotics through our normal diet as what we should, as what is recommended to have a healthy gut and to have overall health. Like the stats say literally 95% of adults don't get enough fiber in their diets. 95%. So that's pretty much all of us, right? And that's, again, where you get the prebiotics. And so this is the gap that we aim to fill by making it much more convenient, easy to get like the highest functioning, most powerful, but also the highest tolerable forms of prebiotics in your diet. And so obviously when I coded in on that, we found like some of the most powerful types, a specific class of prebiotics called resistant starch. That's very resistant to digestion, which means it really effectively mm. gets to your gut to feed those good bugs. But we create our own blend with this resistant starch and other forms of prebiotics that have a synergistic effect that we then go out and put into our superfoods, into our shakes, into our bars. And then we also sell that as a standalone powder as well, so that you can turn anything into a gut healthier version of it. Now, the so last I'll, thing I'll say, I'll oh, say. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, please, say, please. I'm to find postbiotics really quickly. And so postbiotics are, are, are the least known of the biotics, uh, so to speak. And what postbiotics are is essentially the byproduct of what happens when you feed probiotics, when you feed them prebiotics, the magic happens and they actually produce byproducts. Uh, and those byproducts are called postbiotics. 
And that's actually really, really important because that's the key. It's not just the bugs are just magical in and of itself. It's their action. It's what they do. Um, and it's the byproducts they create that actually, you know, does enhance your gut health and does impact these overall systems. So those postbiotics are things like um, a technical terms, but like short chain fatty acids. So things like butyrate and propionate are, are some of the specific names of some of those postbiotics, but they are really, really key. You're starting to see more supplements and even some therapeutics come out to try to bypass the system to feed you, you know, postbiotics uh, through supplement form or to feed you even what postbiotics help create. So things like these breakthrough drugs, like Ozempic and Wagovi, uh, these you probably heard of these weight loss drugs that are, that are in all the craze and taking over. They're highly, highly effective. These breakthrough weight loss drugs are actually, you know, the next step after postbiotics. It's these, you know, gut hormones that postbiotics help create called GLP-1. That's what those drugs are mimicking, right? It's like your body's natural mechanism in your gut to create these hormones that actually control appetite, make you feel fuller and help keep weight off. That's what these breakthrough drugs are based on. Uh, but guess what? You have that system in your body. We're just not feeding it the right things. And so it's a big thing that we talk about now. It's like, yes, we realize that those are you know effective. There are natural ways um, that don't have as many side effects and definitely aren't going to cost you as much money as these drugs and more sustainable to make help your body do what it's naturally intended to do in appetite control and weight management. And, you know, the primary basis of that are, are prebiotics. So it's kind of like, if you were driving your car around and the brakes kept, this is maybe as doesn't even make sense because I'm not a car guy, but let's say you're driving your car around and the brakes keep wearing out because the alignment is off and it's like mm -hmm. rubbing on the caliper. Mm -hmm. And and so you just keep paying to fix your brakes. Yeah. But you never actually just restore the alignment of the car. Yeah. That would be, to me, metaphorically taking drugs to mimic the behavior uh, or or to replace or mimic postbiotics yeah. instead of just installing probiotics and feeding them prebiotics and letting your body do it on its own. Because in, similar to the example, it's probably causing other problems too, That's other than really just appetite regulation. That's a really good point. It actually, and, and the studies are showing now that it's, it's, it's unnatural. It's very, very effective at weight loss, right? And appetite control, but it's an unnatural approach, right? And so in some ways it's causing side effects, but it also can dysregulate your gut, right? And can cause other issues. It's actually starting to be part of the warning label on it. And then the other fact that I think while your analogy makes sense is that it's not a, um, it's more of a band-aid solution. Right. And that if you don't heal the underlying cause, you're going to have to get your brakes repaired again and again and again. And same with these drugs. Like if you depend on them without actually changing your underlying habits, you need to stay on them essentially for life. Right. Because if you right. ever stop, you haven't fixed the underlying kind of issues, you know, that causing weight gain and, and, and lack of appetite control and blood sugar, et cetera. And actually the studies have shown you gain the weight back. Right. And so that's the thing is like, how do you actually fundamentally rewire your system in a way that that goes to the root cause and in a sustainable way. And at the end of the day, right, it is nutrition, it is gut health nutrition, and you need to get the prebiotics into the system to, to, to create those postbiotics naturally. Hey there, real quick, I just wanted to let you know, I have been concentrating a lot lately on providing tons of value to my text message community. This could be random thoughts. This could be letting you be the first to know about an event I'm planning or a special I'm running or a free training I'm hosting. 
Anyway, just shoot me a text to get subscribed. The number is 702-996-3926. Thanks so much. Let's get back to the podcast. So I want to touch on, you've, you've helped clear up one question I've, I had, but I didn't really think consciously that I had, which is like, I hear you talk, I hear, in, I say you, it's super, I hear in their literature talk, a lot of talk about this resistant starch. Mm-hmm. And I never really thought like resistant to what? Right, but it makes right. sense now. It's resistant to the digestive process because uh, assuming things go in the way you want them to, they don't get to the large intestine without first passing through the stomach. Right, right. No, exactly. It's a, it's it's not the most appealing name because typically, right, in our language, resistant is a bad thing, right? right, it's, right, right. Like, it's something bad and a resistant starch. Like, what is that? And it's, so it's, it's fascinating because this is a class of prebiotics that is actually, it's not brand new. It's been around for years. Frankly, our ancestors used to get tons of this, right? Because it's actually a type of prebiotic found in starchy plant foods like tubers and, you know, and in leafy greens and legumes. And it used to be in much larger quantities than what we have now. And I've heard unripened bananas. That's right. right? Yeah. That's why why they're so much harder is because they have this. That's why they they don't taste as good. Like they're very chalky. Like, and we're talking deep dark green like not even green like what you would get when you go to your grocery store like on the tree green and processed in specific ways what's fascinating about a banana and that's actually one of the sources we use is that the chemical composition of a banana changes as it ripens right and so you have to get it when it's super deep dark green to be high in this resistant starch and these prebiotics that are actually resistant to digestion to feed your the good bugs in your gut over time bananas ripen right and they turn yellow and then eventually brown and as that happens that that resistant starch is actually turning into sugar and that's why bananas are so delicious right (laughs) Uh, when you get when they when they start to ripen and when kind of all of us typically eat them uh, the texture is much better they're significantly sweeter and they're delicious the only problem is now that resistant starch is sugar so instead of actually keeping your blood sugar levels lower and actually spiking your blood sugar. And so yeah, right, that's right. another form of it. And yeah, resistant digestion, the resistance is actually a good thing, right? Resist because resisting digestion means it actually is getting into your gut. And that, so that's why that's the class of prebiotics that we chose to focus on in our blend because we want to make sure if we're going to help people get these prebiotics and their diet, let's find the most powerful forms that we can. And there's tons of clinical evidence on just how effective different forms of prebiotics, but especially this resistant starch is on gut health and uh, many different dimensions of health as well. So, so, so partly to make sure that this doesn't sound like, which I swear it's not, that it doesn't sound like we just conspired to create an infomercial for super gut. Uh, and also partly because God willing, it, Mark might get hit by a bus. Let's certainly, yeah. you know, pray to the contrary, but, um, <laughs> please, <laughs> what, what, what else can somebody start putting into their diet other than super gut? Obviously we're not going to go put, pick little hard green bananas off trees. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What else could, how else could somebody start nurturing their gut in this way? Yeah, absolutely. And so you want to to focus on, which I think is the biggest um, gap I'd say in our diet in the overall. And frankly, I think this is the biggest thing missing from public health is fiber, right? And so at the end of the day, you know, the direction to just keep things simple is we all need to get a lot more fiber in our diet. 
And again, not all fiber is created equal, but it's all good for you. Like some fiber really is just around digestion, right? That's typically known and kind of your grandma was right, right? When she goes like, eat your beans, fiber's good for you, et cetera. She was right, right? She was on this. She might not have done all of the scientific research, but that's true. That's the simplest thing that you can tell people is to get more fiber in your diet. And because a good portion of it is going to have a prebiotic effect and kind of to improve your gut and your overall uh, gut health. And so that is, again, it's back to uh, the good old uh, leafy greens and vegetables. You know, plants have a decent amount of fiber. Nuts and beans and legumes have, you know, good fiber. Whole grains have a, have a good amount of fiber as well. Uh, so that's the main thing that we can point people to is, you know, a high fiber diet is going to get a lot of these benefits. I think the challenge is, you know, even though we've known generally that fiber is good for you, it still has resulted in none of us getting enough, right? And so that's why we were like, we want to complement your whole food, high fiber diet with ways to make it easy to make sure to fill that gap. And, and the stats, you know, just one other stat, most of us, like I said, almost none of us get enough fiber. Most of us literally get half the amount. So we need a lot more, right? And that's not the easiest to do to, you know, 2x the amount of veggies in your diet every mm -hmm. single day, right? Um, so obviously the more, the merrier, and I'm very much a proponent of healthy whole food diets, but um, yeah, that's why we can help complement, you know, that healthy high fiber whole food diet with, you know, uh, with snacks and with, you know, shakes, et cetera, that help close that, that fiber and in particular prebiotic fiber gap for you. So, okay. So follow-up question then, um, you know, hope I thank you for making it really clear. By the way, that like you've got the plants and you've got the fertilizer. That was, yeah. I think that's a great metaphor. Yeah, and pre and you're you're in the fertilizer the business. fertilizer business right. exactly. Okay, so are there people who's in a, a little bit of context? I went to this retreat one time um, that was entirely. I actually it was a retreat that was ostensibly focused on the brain, mm. and I had no idea until I got there that that what, what that really meant was they focused on the gut. Interesting. Uh, and, yeah. and but I mean, I, you know, to, to like use some language that everybody might be familiar with, like 95% of all the serotonin in your body, everybody knows serotonin, literally antidepressants are based around increasing levels of serotonin in your body, although they do a bunch of other wonky stuff too. Most of your serotonin comes from your gut Absolutely. and it lives in your gut. So, so actually that's a fair question. Is serotonin a postbiotic? Uh, yeah, yeah, you could you could consider it uh, postbiotic. I think technically it is what postbiotics regulate the production of. So it's not a oh, okay. postbiotic in itself, but it is what a postbiotic leads to is production of serotonin and other another neurotransmitters as well. In addition yeah. to, serotonin. so like most of the stuff that this is what what this retreat was based around is that most of the stuff that determines how you feel on a daily basis. We think his how we think originates in our brain. It originates yeah. in our gut, and it's basically fed or served to our brain exactly. for, for for utility. Exactly. Um, so so our and and that whole retreat was based around getting your your biome to basically come back to life. They said, "Look, you've got a trillion switches in your biome, mm -hmm. and for most people, nine hundred billion of them are switched off." Right. And they had a supplementation regimen and 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 meditation and all these different. Yeah you know, holistic modalities to, to just switch all your biome signals back on. Mm -hmm. um, so that's my question is, are there people, since most people aren't going to pay what I paid to go to this kind of woo-woo retreat, are there people whose probiotic foundation is so compromised that essentially it'd be like pouring fertilizer on sand? 
if they yeah. don't do something else? Yeah, no, it's, it's a really good question. So I've, I've been able to get educated on this from our, our chief medical uh, you know, advisor who's a gastroenterologist, where we've had some of these conversations where we're like, we know that this works for the vast, vast majority of folks. Like they've got you know, the plants are there that they're just turned off, right? So we just need to feed them. But there is, you know, some portion of the population. I'd say the most pointed um, example I can give you are those who have gone through antibiotics, right? And so he calls it like when you have to do it, it's necessary. It's important to do when you're fighting disease and virus, et cetera. So not anti-antibacterial. Uh, anti, uh, but when you do that, it literally is wiping out your gut microbiome, the diversity, the vibrance, the abundance. And so they're not just turned off. It's like they're gone for a while. Uh, he described it as like a bleached coral reef, right? And so mm. just feeding a bleached coral reef isn't really going to turn it back on immediately. You actually have to repopulate, right? Whether through supplementation or like I said, through fermented foods to sort of bring the, the coral back to life, right? So that then you can actually feed it the fertilizer, get back to a normal operating system. So I'd say that's one of the most extreme examples of where, you know, the, the coral reef is just, just bleached. I'd say the other examples down from that, it starts to get into different forms of gastrointestinal diseases, right? Where um, just feeding the mechanisms are, are just fundamentally broken. And it's not so simple as to just eat more fiber that that's going to solve everything. And so when there are specific digestive disorders that require kind of more invasive treatments, so C. diff and, you know, even, you know, IBD and, you know, things like Crohn's and, and so forth, those, you know, where diet absolutely can help, but sometimes if you eat the wrong things, they can absolutely cause, you know, uh, it's a flare up. Right. So there are some of those situations where just feeding it the, the things that normally work isn't going to be enough to resolve the, the situation. Those are the minority of cases, uh, but they definitely do do exist. What, what about people who just basically build their their diet on processed or even fast food? Yeah, Um you should mean most of us, right? The yeah, vast exactly, exactly. Yeah, right. no, absolutely. And this, the interesting thing is, you know, so we talk about prebiotics, right? That's the food for the good books. So, and, and by the way, like in your microbiome, it's in this, you know, state of, you know, good bugs and bad bugs, right? I mean, so a lot, we talk about like the good bugs, the one that keep us healthy and disease prevention. There are bad bugs that do the opposite, right? That keep us down, right? And mentally, physically, disease, et cetera. Guess what the bad bugs eat is sugar and highly processed foods. Like the things that we know inherently are bad for us generally, literally the reason why they're bad for us is the impact that they have largely on our gut microbiome, right? And leads to, it's called a state of dysbiosis. So imbalance where the bad bugs are basically overtaking the good bugs, right? And so that is when you follow, unfortunately, the typical Western diet, which, you know, is where the bite is either, a lot of it's literally systemic, right? I mean, it's just forced on us when, you know, yes. uh, ultra processed it's, fast food i mean it, uh, and it's and it's served on a plate it's served on a plate in most grade school cafeterias i 100%, mean it's, it starts 100%. young yeah 100 percent. and so this is not uh, i think this is systemic right this isn't just a willpower just making a decision that's truly truly systemic that is literally um impaired our overall health 
And in particular, a lot of that is through the gut microbiome. And so, yes, you absolutely can help someone who has been on an ultra processed Western, you know, high sugar, high carb diet. You absolutely can repair that. But the thing is, it's not an overnight thing, um, you know, because obviously we know that the prebiotics are going to be very, very key to overall health. But in that situation, uh, in particular, we advise you need to start slowly, right? Because you have trained your body and in particular your gut that it desires specific things and it rejects other things. And so if you go whole, yeah, dive head first into like not getting any fiber, into trying to get the daily recommended amount or, or much more in a day, your body will reject it, right? It, it literally, your stomach will turn, you'll blow up, right? It'll be a very, very uncomfortable transition. And so in that circumstance, and frankly, we tell our customers to start slowly, yeah. right? And um, so instead of having a full shake, have a half shake, have a, even a quarter shake, just to start to introduce this goodness to your gut. So like these starved good bugs, like let's start waking them up, right? And and do it in an approachable way that's not going to turn your system, you know, uh, get you uh, uh, very uncomfortable from a digestive standpoint. But the great thing is the human body is adaptive, right? It learns. And so you, as you can ramp up, you can teach your body, you know, to want to desire the good nutrients and start to expect those. And so the good bugs start to increase and uh, proliferate and start to expect more of you know the good nutrients that it needs prebiotics and so you can ramp up from a quarter shake to a half shake to a full shake and then you can get there and that can typically take over the course of weeks right but it does depend on the individual and in large part does depend on what the individual's diet patterns have been sort of throughout their lives kind of how much they can take and how fast but you know you you absolutely can get there and like i said what we're talking about now is the vast majority of us who have not followed call it a high fiber diet that have fed your gut what it what it really needs to be. So, so for the, the for the majority of us that aren't coming off of a massive round of antibiotics or don't struggle with a, a, a gastrointestinal uh, disease or or condition whatever they're called, uh, right. it's not so much that all our good bugs are dead. It's that all our bad bugs are overfed and exactly. perhaps dominating our good bugs. That's right. Yeah. And so you need to tilt that balance back in your favor. Okay. And Zane, a lot of it comes through food. A lot of it comes through other elements as well. So the treats you went to, it sounds like really fantastic because this is so um, interconnected, right? The health of your gut between your mental health and your mind state and kind of your soul, they're all connected. So, you know, meditating, you know, having great relationships, going outside, getting sunlight, right? All of these are factors that affect your mental state, that also affect your gut, in addition to obviously what you feed it and put into your body. So it absolutely is uh, is a quite intricate and interconnected system. So first of all, I'm gonna give you a, a, a silly, but maybe, maybe good idea for an advertising uh, campaign. Uh, I'm, I'm picturing you like walking out with like dressed like Rambo or something with your stuff. Talking to people about educating about the difference between the good bugs and the bad bugs uh -huh. in your gut. And then the music kicks in. Bad bugs, bad bugs. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when we come for you? Bad bugs, bad. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, maybe the maybe the dorkiest moment in the history of this podcast. But that's I, awesome. That's awesome. I had to share. Um, we'll take that idea into consideration, Jack. Okay, yeah, yeah. Put that in, put that in the file and see if it speaks to you someday. Well, um, so, okay. Now, on a more serious note, 
Uh, you mentioned you have a, a, a medical advisor, a gastroenterologist. I'm mm -hmm. curious, your your vantage point, his vantage point, his or her vantage point, like, like, you know, I have never been to a doctor. Even like, even like I've, I've been to doctors with people that were going in to like deal with depression, let's say as an example, um, like if somebody comes to me depressed, I immediately go to gut health now based on everything I've learned. Yeah. Uh, not, oh, well I immediately, first I go to the disclaimer of I'm not a doctor and then I right. go to, yeah. yeah. but, yeah. but I mean, it seems like the medical establishment talking about, I don't know, is it resistant or just ignorant? But I mean. They are still not, you obviously have someone that is, but I mean, it doesn't Correct. feel like the establishment of medicine is really talking about this. And I'm curious, why do you think that is? And and if anything, what are you maybe trying to do about it? Yeah, a really, really good question. Um, we could talk about this for a ways. So I'll, I'll, I'll say it at a high level. Um, one, absolutely acknowledging what you said. The medical establishment in large part is not there yet. I don't believe it's through an intentional bias against, you know, nutrition and the role of gut health. I really do think it is through lack of um, the training and education. I'd say not just gut health, but frankly, nutrition in general, right? I mean, it just is not part of the lexicon. I mean, I think, you know, Chris, our, our gastroenterologist, he describes like the years and years that you put into the medical training and how the body works, et cetera. And then it's like a day on nutrition. Okay, and then next, right? And then moving on. So like literally understanding just how significant and profound a role that nutrition plays in overall health in so many different ways doesn't get its just due, right? In the course of the education and training of, you know, our medical professionals. And so add on top of that, so that's just nutrition generally, but then add on top of that, the fact that what we're talking about is like that next level of sort of breaking research around the gut microbiome and its profound role, like it is really cutting edge. And so there certainly is not a plethora of physicians out there that fully understand the connection between the gut and overall health, as well as kind of, you know, food and its role um, in, in overall health as well. And so unfortunately, the vast majority of times doctors go back to their training and essentially treat most things with, okay, exercise more, eat a little better, and here's your prescription, right? <laughs> Next. Yeah. And so I think it is, it's a shame, right? And frankly, we've even seen it in something that really gets me going. Someone will just not uh, be educated or at least bother to go into the, the details as much. Someone literally, and we've seen this multiple times, will, will show our product and say, hey, you've been telling me to get my weight under control, to get my blood sugar. I've heard about the shake. I've heard they've got, you know, this has really worked for a lot of people. You know, should I take this? And, you know, I've many physicians have literally just turned it around, just looked at the total number of carbs in our shake and said, nope, it's too high carb. You shouldn't have this. That could, you know, spike your blood sugar next. Without even like understanding right. that not all carbs are created equal, fiber is a carbohydrate. <laughs> you need more fiber in your diet to kind of control your appetite to stabilize your blood sugar, not less. Like you, you got to at least know some of the basics that, you know, you can't just look at a total carb number and say that it's good for your bad for you. You have to understand what types of carbs uh, to be able to make any form of recommendations. So, so yes, there is a, a real gap out there and we're trying to do everything that we can, like through Chris, through our scientific advisory board, a lot of it is ground roots efforts. And some of it is like, we actually have our customers, we arm them with information and say, hey, right. don't share this with your doctor, right? To just try to go one by one. We also try to do a lot of content out there as well to raise awareness, the collective awareness around what it is that we're doing in this in general, like this conversation today, the role of 
gut health and prebiotics in your diet, just to raise the collective awareness. Cause we're not gonna, you know, I guess, sit back and wait for the medical field to, uh, to be as informed, to be able to, you know, prescribe what is it we're doing. I hope eventually that we'll get there, but I think we have a lot of people to help before we get to get to that. Yeah. Point. So, we're well, taking it and I'm hands. not, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not super optimistic and I'll tell you why, you know, and I, I'll just use, I, I get hit up all the time for business consulting, business coaching. And like when somebody brings me a thing, I'm always, there's like two things. One of the foundational conversations is okay. When it comes to monetizing this thing, mm -hmm. given the cost of acquiring customers, mm -hmm. there are two basic models. One is the high ticket transactional model of like, how can I create the demand or agitate the pain or create the, the willingness to pay as much as possible for the product? As kind of like, call it like the acute version, like it's a one-time fix and I'll pay out the wazoo for it. Or right. you have a recurring revenue model where you're like, okay, we need to find, call it chronic solution, something that's like a drip that they're going to be on forever and they're yeah. going to keep paying you month after month and it can be reasonably priced, but then you have to worry about your IP and say, is this something that eventually they could go get somewhere else cheaper? Mm -hmm. uh, so, so then you're like, so if you actually apply what's very sound business logic to the medical profession and say, okay, either go for the high ticket transactional acute solutions, which the closer somebody is to death, the more, the higher price you can place on their medical intervention. Right. Right. But those people only exist if we allow them to get closer to death. Right. Right. Or the recurring revenue model only works on, on patentable solutions like pharmaceuticals. So, yeah. And, and in everything, you follow the money, there is this incredible financial incentive yes, in sir. the medical profession. And I don't think most people get this. I don't think they're doing it intentionally. Yeah. That is like, we have to, like the entire economics are propped up by these super high priced acute interventions yeah. of people that are near death, like chemotherapy and brain transplants, or actually, I don't, I don't, I don't think they do brain transplants, but I got a little carried away, but you know what I mean? Or exactly if it's going to be, a, if it's going to be a month, like a recurring revenue model, it's got to be something we can patent. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. I believe that it's like, at the end of the day, who endows these medical schools? I guarantee you there is some rich old asshole who is, who is actively resisting what it would look like to see the world change in the way that it frankly should. And yeah. that's where I, I actually think you have a huge opportunity ahead of you that like to, to be that, that change driver in the world. Cause I don't I think medical to. I, I, I share the sentiment, the, the, um, the incentives and the, the infrastructure is so established that moving that I think is a monumental effort to win uh, an ability to adjust those incentives, make, you know, you follow the money. Right. And so right. this is why we're not dependent on necessarily a medical driven pathway right for us to try to have impact like let's make this accessible uh and as convenient and as functional as possible uh and get it get it out there so that's our approach cool i think it sounds like we aligned so hey listen yeah. i i uh we're out of time this uh i i would love to this is one i would love to keep having a conversation <laughs> um but you mentioned that you guys are producing a lot of content you guys are that's out right. there educating can you share with the audience how they can go get access like every, everything you offer, the content, the product, you, your brand, like, like where yeah. can the world go find you? 
Yeah, the best place is on our site, uh, supergut.com. And obviously you can check out the products, but actually read up on the science and we have a lot of content on our blog there as well. Uh, you can also check us out on social where we're very, very active and engaging. So it's at supergut on you know uh, Instagram and TikTok and, and Twitter. Um, we're also just opened up on Amazon and we're about to start to uh, open up into physical retail as well, because I really believe in accessibility, right, to help bring, you know, these products to, to the masses. But for now, best place is checking us up on, uh, on uh, supergut.com. And it's only a four-year-old company. That's right. So, yeah, we're just getting started, Jeff. We're just getting started. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Congratulations on, on all your success. And it's well-deserved because you're, you're following your purpose and you're doing great work, so. Thank you so much, Jeff. Really, really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks so much, man. Yeah, no, it's been great having you. Like I said, this this checks a box for me because I've been I've been on this product for two years, um, and and you've been a wonderful guest, highly informed. Um, thank you again for embodying my whole philosophy around entrepreneurship. That was uh, serendipitous, and I will. I, so yeah, thanks for being a great guest, man. Thank you so much, Jeff. All right, man. Okay, to all you viewers and listeners out there, you're the best part of this show. You're why I do it every day, and I can't wait to see you next time. Take care. Hey, it's Jeff here. If you liked this episode of Unlock Your Potential, it would mean so much if you would like and share the episode on whatever platform you're listening or viewing on. And if you really like what we're doing here and you enjoy this podcast, please consider leaving a review. There is so much work that goes into these episodes, and you leaving a positive review lets us know that that work is reaching people and especially it helps us reach other people your review could be the reason that someone else decides to tune in check out this podcast and unlock their potential and ultimately level up the quality of their life so thank you thank you thank you so much for your support and for listening especially if you like or share or leave a review thank you for helping us spread the word and thank you for unlocking your potential to go make the world and your world a better place